The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk with Matter Private Network. During current restrictions, don't ignore your health concerns. Our expert team is ready to help. Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin. Good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, um, we are ranked as a country fourth for COVID resilience. What is COVID resilience? Yes, well, we mentioned league tables we, we do well in, don't we? That's, uh, I've been following this one for a while. It's called Blum, an organization called Blumberg, probably heard of Blumberg, they're a very reputable organization. They measure every country for its performance, if you like, in COVID. Uh, they use 12 data indicators. I think it's pretty robust. You know, obviously, it's based on the things they're measuring. But Ireland's shot up. We're number four now in the world. Number one is Norway, two is the Netherlands, three is Finland, Ireland's number four. And they use these, these 12 different indicators, I guess, and it looks pretty pretty good to me. What's amazing is, Pat, who's fallen? New Zealand was number one for a long time. They've fallen 26 places because now, of course, they've got COVID among them and they're locking down and stuff. So various things are used to measure it. So this, this is a league table we like because we've got, done so well in it. And, and what is it that we've, um, although we've a lot of cases at the moment, I mean, we're probably averaging over seventeen or 1,800 over the last couple of weeks, but we've fewer people in hospital and fewer people in ICU than those numbers might suggest. That's a really important point. Case numbers isn't especially useful, as it turns out. I mean, we need to know the case numbers, of course, for the, the health system and so on, but you wouldn't be using case numbers as a key metric. Much more important is the death rate, hospitalisation rate, you know. And then they build in economic metrics and travel and things. Uh, the, nine of the top ten are European countries. Europe's doing really well. And the reason is they're saying we, we followed a middle ground strategy, they're saying in Europe, which is widespread immunisation and then reopening based on vaccine status. That Those are the two things that, that Europe is doing really well, you see. So as a result, nine of the, the top ten are, are, are there. The US has fallen hugely because it, and it was much higher up, you see, earlier on. And Israel has fallen because of the increasing hospitalisation rate and various problems there, you see. So, so in other words, th- these metrics are seen as pretty robust ones to use. Now, number one is Norway. So what can you do in Norway with this number one status? Yeah, Norway's almost back. I mean, they use travel, actually, as an indicator, Pat, if you allow travel between countries. And then a big one is uh, quarantine-free entry. So in other words, someone can come to your country and not go into quarantine. Norway were one of the first to get into that situation, you see. And then crowds gathering. They allow 7,000 people to gather outdoors in any situation, for example. You know, So Norway is seen as doing really well. And then the rate of vaccination, of course, is the big one. And as, as as I've said, the, uh, the like hospitalisation sounds very good in Norway. So Norway now is, is top, top of the league, really. Mm. Now, uh, talking to people who are moving around the place, uh, the vaccine cert seems to be working a treat. Uh, time will tell whether it's actually been totally effective. But uh, is Europe the only place where this vaccine cert is is working for international travel between countries. Yeah, that's a key metric that Bloomberg uses. So what they call this widespread use of vaccine passports across Europe is seen as a real positive in each European country who allows vaccine passports got, got a special score, I suppose, in the league table. So, so deployment of vaccine passports for travel, that, that's only for travel they mention here, is, is really important. And as we just said, not one reason why so many European countries are up is because we're all doing that vaccine passport now. And that is seen as a very effective measure, you see, in the grand scheme of things. So again, if your country does that, you get an extra point basically on this on this uh, table. Okay, um, it's an interesting table, as you say. You know, we always like to report the ones where we're doing uh, really well. Even though I think last week we had the third or fourth highest rate of infection in Europe. So we, we did you know, That's on the true. one hand, on the yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah.
Now, uh, boosters, uh, why, uh, for scientific reasons, they will be needed in the elderly? Well, again, we're looking for data. Again, you see, it's, it's still a bit of an unknown who will need them and when they'll need them and so on, you know. And, and immunologists actually are in a fever of, of measuring the immune system in people who've been vaccinated, just to see if some of the components have waned, is the word that they use, you know. And there's more and more, almost every day, had a new study comes out on this. There was a big one on, th- on Friday that got my attention. They looked at people who'd been vaccinated for six months and then went in and looked at their immune system. And if your median age was 82, so they stratified it based on age, uh, they had 60% the level, you know, had dropped to 60%. They dropped by 40%, if you like. Whereas if the median age was 32, only dropped by 5%. So what that tells us is the older people, their immune systems are waning a bit six months out, you see, much more so than a younger mm-hmm. person. And it's obvious in a way because older people People would have less sort of strong immune systems like other parts of their body. You know, as we all as we all know, as we age, uh, some bits begin to go off, and then the immune system is no different. You see, but that was an important one because it's the first really clear evidence. Certainly, if you're in the older age category, you will have a lower immune capacity in your body. They took blood from the people actually, Pat, and, and could see if we could neutralise the virus. There was a neutralisation assay, and as I say, there was a forty percent drop six months out, where, where there was only a five percent drop. So it's well controlled. If you know what I mean, they had, they had the the the, thir- the, the people in their thirties and the people over a median age of 82 and as I say there was a much bigger drop in there so that, that would then strongly support the notion the boosters should be given to older people and of course people in other vulnerable groups and, and that's going to happen but as you probably saw the Irish government have said they're looking at this closely now and there will be a recommendation coming soon I think to vaccinate the older people but, but that's scientific um, evidence to support that Yeah um, I was looking at Meet the Press and uh, Dr. Fauci was on, um, Tony Fauci was on Meet the Press and he was asked about this debate, whether or not you should be getting your your booster five months or eight months after vaccination. He said it's, it's a moving picture. You know, at yeah. the moment, the standard is eight uh, months, but... You know, they're open to if the data suggests that it should be a shorter interval. Uh, So that's where they are in the United States. Um, Airborne transmission. Now, you and I talked about um, the, the, the five micron. Uh, mystery and how five microns was deemed to be the particle size um you know you know beyond smaller than would become an aerosol can you explain the role of aerosol transmission now as we understand it today you and i've touched on this a few times haven't we what's incredible here by the way is the science has has changed in a sense and that that should happen remember so in other words lots and lots of studies by engineers by aerosol experts you know epidemiologists got involved to see super spreading events and so on, you know, and it's a big review in the Journal of Science. If anybody wants to go look it up, it's a fantastic review about the whole airborne issue. And I read it closely with great interest, obviously. And, and again, it's remarkable because what's going to happen is, but it looks as if even things like flu are actually airborne, whereas previously they were thought just to be droplets, you see. And the, all the evidence now is supporting any respiratory pathogen that lives in your lungs. The, aerosol, the aerosols will be probably more important than droplets, whereas previously, before COVID came along, the view was the droplets were the most important way to transmit. Yeah. Drop, droplets still transmitted, of course, because the virus will come out of your lungs and droplets or anything you exhale, really, you know. But again, this, this review really pins it down. You're right, if you're less than five microns, which is a very small little droplet, remember, but even call it droplets so small, you know, then it's going to float on the air like, like a feather. And, and what got me about is they, they've even invented new ways to measure these. It's called scanning mobility particle sizing. This is the engineers invented this device. And lo and behold, if you've got COVID, these aerosols come out of your mouth in huge numbers based on that methodology, you know. So again, all the, all the evidence combined then gives us the absolute certainty, almost certainty anyway, that this is, a, this is spread on infected air, not on surfaces. Importantly, 
part of the memory because if it was yeah. droplets it'd be more surface based and then your distancing doesn't really matter because you can go anywhere in a room basically of course if you're close to someone you increase the chance of picking up an airborne or even a droplet you know but but again this this really is important and and they may change their view now on flu and say look this is airborne as well and, and again the, the ventilation comes into play then but it's a really good account of all the evidence really yeah, it's interesting. I was mentioning a, a story from America earlier on in the program about a teacher who infected 10 of the people, I think there were 40 people in the first two rows in her school. They were masked. They had a HEPA filter working behind them. Yeah. <laughs> they also had the windows open, but she wasn't wearing a mask. She was yeah. COVID positive and 10 kids in the first two rows yep. got it and That's another right. four got it as well. It's so. that kind of evidence is amazing. The two other things that was great was uh, it turns out the virus is more enriched in aerosols they discovered. In other words you see more viral particles in an aerosol than in a droplet. Isn't that strange? So, so the aerosols are slightly more infectious. And then the other thing that was amazing it can penetrate the lungs more readily because an aerosol can go all the way down into your lungs. You know a droplet might get caught in your nose or in your throat and may not make it to your lungs. And what that means is aerosols are more dangerous than droplets. This is what this evidence is suggesting anyway. Anyway, so again, the, this big review really comes to the, the bottom line that we've known, but it's got stronger and stronger that uh, ventilation is the key and, and mask wearing in certain situations is the key as well. Um, here's a joke that just came my way. A man goes to the doctor and asks, when is this coronavirus COVID-19 thing going to end? The doctor says, how would I know? I'm not a politician. <laughs> so, so isn't are. it good for making now, jokes about it now? But that's, that may be a good sign, isn't it? <laughs> um, what does Luke think of the recent research published by Israeli scientists on the role of natural immunity gained after recovery? Yeah, amazing. That's a really important study for the, the really strong data there is that natural immunity is strong, you know. Now, of course, this is unusual if you're an immunologist. Normally, we think vaccines are better. And the reason is because the, the natural bug will turn off your immune system, you see, because it wants to survive. And you don't get quite as strong an immune response. That happens with other viruses. But this one's a bit different. It does seem to provoke a very strong response naturally, which is good because that means we'll build up immunity in our, in our countries through a combination of natural immunity and, of course, vaccination. But remember, a percent of people will get very sick with natural immunity. That, that's why vaccines are justified in a sense, because it's, it's a safe way to build up immunity, if you like. But that was an important paper. Again, that, that's an initial report. We'd like to see more. Or, you know, they see more data on it. But, but certainly it was a very interesting finding. Can you ask, Luke, for me, is this going to get better? I have epilepsy. I got the Pfizer in May. Since then, I have side effects. I talk as if I just left the dentist. Sore throat, swollen glands and tired. I was told it will get better. People must think I'm on the drink or drugs, but I don't do either. That's from Gemma. I yeah. mean, is this long COVID? No, the, 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 good, the, the good news is for Gemma, these things are resolving. It takes longer in some people, it seems. Some people get over those sorts of things more quickly. It's, as ever, human variation. You know, some have tougher times with diseases than others. You know? but, but the good news overall is the, these symptoms do result. It may take months, though, sadly. It, it doesn't happen overnight. But again, Gemma, it should talk to the GP. Any concerns, people should always give the GP a call yeah. just in case, you know. Uh, could you ask, Luke, if a separate test is needed to recognise Delta? If so, are the daily figures just based on the original strain and how do or will we ever know the true figures? It's hard, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they screen for Delta, but they wouldn't be, as far as I'm aware, they're not testing for Delta. They're assuming it's Delta. It's so widespread, Pat, now Delta. If you take yeah. a sample, nearly everybody a test has it. So the good chance is a positive test will mean Delta and, and they'd just be using the old test and assuming it's Delta, I guess. But they, they may switch the test to more specific variants, but at the moment, that's not seen to be needed. The assumption is it's Delta, usually. 
Is there any evidence that repeated exposure to low levels of the virus can confer immunity? My boyfriend works in an emergency medicine and has come in contact with lots of COVID patients, including those without adequate PPE. Recently, his son tested positive, but he hasn't contracted it despite living with him and his virus, uh, his vaccine being 10 months old. Yep. Well, the vaccine has given him protection anyway. One of that, It has, and, and there's no doubt if you keep, if you get low level exposure, it keeps your immune system going. It's like he's getting constantly boosted in a way, you know, because obviously yeah. what the vaccine does is it brings out the B and the T cells and they're ready then to go. And if you get the real infection, they get turned on again, you know. So low level exposure isn't necessarily a bad thing. Of course, the worry would be he might pick up a huge dose and, you know, you want to avoid exposure really, but it's not a bad thing to be getting low level exposure. Um, my husband and I, along with our four young kids, have all come down with COVID over a week ago. Myself and husband are double vaccinated, so seem to have mild symptoms, mainly fatigue and what feels like the common cold. Our isolation period is 10 days. Can you tell me why it has reduced from 14 days? My kids are out of isolation and are OK to go back to school on Wednesday. Do you believe it's safe? They no longer have any symptoms. Yeah, that, 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 this is the way it should be in a sense, because obviously people are disappointed if they're vaccinated and then they get infected. But remember, if they weren't vaccinated, they could have really severe disease. That's the important message here. And in fact, there are projections in Ireland at the moment, if we didn't have the vaccination campaign, Delta would have wreaked havoc with us, you know, because it would have made people really sick. So it's not, it's not the worst thing in the world to have a few sniffles if you're vaccinated. And that, in other words, the vaccine is doing its job. Uh, the time is shortened because the immune system's active, you see, and it limits the infection. And remember, your immune system is killing the virus and getting rid of it. And if you've had a vaccine, it'll be more effective at doing that, you see. So it'll clear it from your body more quickly. You know? If we're to get a third booster, is it possible the vaccine can be re-engineered to focus on or target the Delta variant? That's from Donal and Mallard. Ha- happening as we speak, Don. Yeah, and I read yesterday they're going to have the Delta ready probably January 2022 for widespread use because they're testing it at the moment. I mean, there was one projection, as we discussed before, but it takes about 100 days to go from designing a new va- variant, say, to having it approved. And they're, in the, they're doing that at the moment. It may be before January, in fact. So I've no, uh, one, one prediction is boosters mm. will be Delta. You know, but, but that won't start till December. December, January, February time. Yeah, now uh, we've talked to you and I about antigen testing. Um, Simon Harris was talking about antigen testing pilots in the colleges. Did they have one in Trinity, Luke, do you know? They did, yeah, yeah. We, we were doing antigen testing very early on, actually. We had our own scheme, you see, and there was a lot of stuff, a lot of, a lot of acid. I mean, in fact, in my building, Pat, even six months ago, you could put a sample in a box and get it tested for, you know. So we've been doing that, keeping an eye on it. And as we, you and I have discussed, it's a, it's a, the, the most important thing about antigen testing is it spots people who are infectious, remember. It's really good at that. Yeah. So again, if you're positive, go home, stay home basically is the idea and mm. um, last week we reported that Norma Foley was saying that the the CO2 monitors which would indicate bad air and therefore if there's any COVID in the air it'll be breathed in by everybody but she was saying spot checks bringing the monitor from one room to another yeah. doesn't sound ideal to no, me no it doesn't it, I wonder how you did achieve that to be zero CO2 you've been in the corridor have you, you know, that's a strange one you're much better having them in each room that's the advice there mm. as far as I can gather and a final question from a listener. Any news of the French vaccine that would go beyond the surface of this thing and would target yep. every single variant and would work a treat? Great question, Pat. Did you know, Pat, there's another 90 vaccines still in development? Isn't that amazing? So, now, you wonder how they'll break into the market, given that the, we've such successful ones. And Valneva and Novavax are way up the, the table, basically. We're waiting now to see those getting approved, really. I think Novavax would be next. That, that'll, that's the next one. That's just yeah. the spike protein. But absolutely, we'd love to see Valneva. And I did read um, a week ago productions ramping up so they must be anticipating approval pretty soon and again that will be yet another option and remember Pat the beauty that is it can work against any variant because it is the whole yeah. inactivated virus you see
Brilliant. Luke, I look forward to the news when Valneva gets the go-ahead finally. But uh, for the moment, Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin, uh, thank you very much for joining us. 